This is the Iowa State Athletics Sidecast. This Sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Visit any Van Wall location today to test drive the full lineup of John Deere compact utility tractors with the power and versatility to conquer anything this season. I'm John Walters. Today's Sidecast is a visit with Ryan Harklaw and Eric Heft of the Cyclone Radio Network as we recap the first couple weeks of Iowa State spring football practice. Cyclones have three open practices coming up over the next three weeks. We'll visit about what we've seen so far and give you some things to look for tonight when the Cyclones play at Ames High School. We hope you enjoy this Sidecast. Guys, tonight the Cyclone football team will have a uh, public practice at Ames High School, and we had an opportunity to get out to practice this week, and I know, Hark, you've been out there several times, but Eric and I have been following that round ball around the country a little bit first, but man, it was good to get out to practice, and just a lot of energy at, at spring football right now. I'd like you guys to kind of start with that, just the, the energized staff. I think they're excited to coach these young guys. I don't think there's any question about it. There was a lot of energy. I just can't imagine how much more energy there is now that we have the Bergstrom indoor facility on a night where you know, it was just so lousy outside. I mean, the, the work they're able to get done in there has got to be just incredible. Hark, you could probably speak to that, probably practicing outdoors and weather like that in the past. But I really like the energy of not only the players, the cohesiveness of each group really seemed to stick out to me. It did. And, and, and what was interesting is you see when you have a young team like this is the intensity. You know, when you come into the last season, the last couple of seasons, you had the, the known starters and, and the known position uh, guys where they were going to where they were, who was going to start, where they're going to be. What was interesting, I thought, so far this spring is the intensity of practice because everybody's competing for a spot right now. There's a lot of movement in the defensive backfield. Uh, there's a lot of movement and opportunities on that offensive side of the ball um, and, and starting positions open. So the energy is completely different uh, this spring practice than you saw last spring with so many positions open right now for for starting spots so it's the energy level is through the roof right now in that program which has actually been a lot of fun to watch this spring and as we start talking about positions and guys as fans please keep that in mind there's a lot of these spots are still wide open but we'll go ahead and talk about maybe some of the guys that we see playing well or having an opportunity perhaps during a starting spot, but that doesn't certainly doesn't mean they're locked in. And it is great to have that open competition. But Hark, you mentioned the changes in the defensive backfield. So let's start there. The the big change this spring is Anthony Johnson moving back to safety. Eric and I were talking to Coach Campbell after practice yesterday. He said you know, Anthony's basically been a safety, uh, you know, it, it really it, in reality is, is what probably his natural position is, but we needed him at corner. And now they feel like they have the luxury to move him back to a safety spot, which I think will be really good for Anthony. And he can fly around back there, and make some plays. That does. And, and really what I think opened that up for Anthony to move back there is miles purchase progression last year. And Miles has become a, a, a big-time cornerback, and throughout the year as a freshman last year, had some really big games. And having him have the ability to become probably our lockdown corner next year, and then with TJ Tampa and his upside potential is unbelievable. So you, you, you put those two corners out there that I think that the staff is very comfortable with, then allows you to go across the backfield, which this is the biggest set of safeties that we're, I think, in the Big 12 with Craig McDonald. And then you have both Freeler in, in the middle there. And then you have Anthony Johnson uh, on the field side safety. And, and I think that you'll see those guys flip a lot, Craig and, 
where you're going to see one go to the field, one go to the bench. I think they're both capable on both sides as they played both sides. But that defensive backfield is enormous. And what, what, why is that big? Well, anytime you're running a three-man front defense like what Iowa State does, those guys have run gap responsibility. So when that ball is snapped, if it's a run play, they have to come up and fill because they're responsible uh, to fill on the run inside those gaps. And so having that size back there is such a great luxury for this this defense right now. And honestly, after yesterday, this defense is going to be for real next year. They, they There is a lot back there right now that really excites me. No question. I'll tell you the one thing that kind of surprised me too. It surprised me a couple months ago when we heard that uh, Darian Porter was going to move from offense to defense and going to play corner. And I thought, wow, that's that's kind of a different situation with, with a guy that would be the tallest corner probably in the league, 6'4", 185. I was really impressed with how he worked and talking to Coach Haycock afterward. He thinks he's he's tough and he's got a chance to, to really contribute there too. So gives Iowa State four corners that I think can really play. And you throw in the safeties. You know, we talked so much during our broadcast last year about how good a tackler Anthony Johnson was, how well he was able to set the edge when he had to do that, come up and make tackles from that corner spot. It's just natural that he's going to be – in my mind, he's going to be terrific at that safety spot as not only a cover guy, but a great tackler as well. We're not going to see a drop-off because you have a corner who typically you might think is not as good a tackler going to safety. And guys, I've been watching the uh, replay of the game against Clemson in the Cheez-It Bowl, and Bo Freeler, Craig McDonald both played really well. I, I think these coaches are super excited about those two safeties. I'm sure they are. Not only that, and we talked last year a lot about Malik Verdon, another guy who will be a freshman, redshirt freshman this year, who they think could really be another guy, another big, tall safety, too, that really changed the look of Iowa State's back end. He is big. He's 6'3", you know, maybe even 6'4". And then you, you look, TJ Tampa is a 6'2 corner. He can jump out of the gym. Craig's 6'3". Bo Freeler is a good 6'1", probably 6'2", but he looks like a strong side linebacker. And Anthony Johnson's not short. He's a 6'1", 6'2", guy as well. So the size all across the back is going to be big time for coverage. And again, this spring, that's probably what's excited me the most is, is you know, I know they did, did a lot of movement back there in the backfield, but just to see the strength and the depth of that defensive backfield is really good. And as you guys know, throughout the year, I was talking about Bo Freeler you know, as a kid, you just like you could see him coming along in practice. You could see him in games coming where his light bulb was popping on. And that cleansing game, I believe he had 17 tackles. That was that was an exceptional performance, but it, it's not one that's surprising. That kid works extremely hard uh, to get to that level where he was at. And he was ready to play coming out of high school. So I, I really think Bo's going to have a big time here next year for us. And I think the whole backfield will. Today's sidecast is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Van Wall Equipment and John Deere are proud to support Iowa's farmers in the field and Iowa State Athletics on the field. You know, one thing that was setting off some a few alarm bells for us probably was the fact that Iowa State was going to lose all three of its starting linebackers in Mike Rose, Orion Vance, and Jake Hummel. Well, the great news is that Orion Vance has decided to come back. That really solidifies the middle. And then they've added some pieces on the edge that, I'd love to have you guys kind of take us through what you see in that linebacker core. Well, Ryan Vance is a middle linebacker, and and we missed him a great deal last year. When we struggled to, to stop the run at times, a lot of it was right there in the middle. And, you know, we had guys playing out of position trying to be big and physical in there, and they were being as big and as physical as they could possibly be. 
but they just were out of position. And I, Orion Vance solidifies the middle of that defense for us. That's a big time uh, player. But then the one that the Cyclone fans have not met yet, but will really quickly, and you, we could see it in practice so far this spring, and is Cody Reader, the the transfer uh, number four, who. <laughs> If you squint, he looks like Mike Rose. I mean, he's a big kid on the outside that really does fill in for for uh, Mike because obviously you can't ever replace All-Americans. But I'm going to tell you what, this this kid can play. And, uh, you know, it, there is I, – I don't, I don't know what's going to happen when the light bulbs come on, but in practice right now, he is doing some really nice things. He is really quick, really athletic, and play on the outside. And he'll be the guy, I believe, they'll win that spot to take over Mike Rose's spot there at the outside linebacker uh, position. So again, those two spots, you get those solidified and that really makes that defense a lot better. And I think that's where we were missing last year when Orion Vance went out with the hamstring injury. We really, really struggled to, to solidify the middle of that defense with the run, uh, just playing some guys a little bit out of position. I think getting Orion Vance back there and then having something to backfill for Mike Rose will uh, put us in good shape next year. No question. Uh, I think Reader, Colby Reader, is a guy that can really step up. He's 25 years old. He's been through battles at Delaware. He's been through multiple defensive coordinators. He, he seems to be really cerebral, according to what the coaches say. And I think athletically, I mean, I think he's got speed that's certainly equal to Mike Rose. Can he be the kind of playmaker? I think he can. Well, we're we're going to find out. And then at the other spot, the will. I mean, Gary Vaughn, I think he's a guy that's more suited to, to that spot than where he was forced to play in the middle last year when Orion was injured. I think that's a good that's a good spot for him. And the other guy I think we have to watch out for, too, is a guy that played just one year of junior college ball at Iowa Western, Jacob Ellis. The coaches are really high on him. He's the guy with four years to play three. He's the guy that I know has intrigued Coach Campbell for quite a while, and I know they were thrilled to get him. Uh, it was kind of an under-the-radar guy, but he's the guy that I think can step in and maybe fill that spot. You, you were talking about Iowa State's inability, to, you know, or not inability, but when they did struggle to stop the run, Orion was typically out. Also kind of coincided with I, Isaiah Lee being dinged up a lot and we had some injuries at that nose spot which certainly made a difference as well but man orion is a guy who not only can play the position he's a great leader and i think that's going to be a big thing yeah they love orion vance and you're right jacob ellis flying under the radar as much as he can when your uh, grandfather was the heavyweight champion of the world jimmy ellis but uh that's, <laughs> that's a cool story and exciting to have him in the program so, Eric, you touched on uh, Isaiah Lee. I think, obviously, Will McDonald's the guy that everybody is jacked about having back on the defensive line, and with good reason. Put me in that category. But I'm also really excited about Isaiah Lee. I just think he's so quick off the ball, and I think it's his time to shine. And, and uh, you know, the combination of he and J.R. Singleton, Dominic Orange, a young player behind those guys, and then, you know, guys like Will McDonald, Blake Peterson on the edge. Let's go through the defensive line a little bit and what we think might happen there. This is my background and, and one that excites me. I, I, I am very intrigued for what I see coming at the defensive line position. And actually, you, you named a few of them right now, but Isaiah Lee had a really good mid to finish of the year, you know, and I thought he played exceptional football, especially when you look back at the Oklahoma game last year. He was dominant in that football game um, and did very well. J.R. Singleton obviously got dinged up early, early in the, in the Big 12 season. You know, I think you'll see him play at the nose. You may see him even mess around at the end position. And 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 if you can put a guy that's that's athletic enough 
and stout enough to play nose guard and end something senior, uh, similar to what any did last year, that gives you a lot of flexibility. And then there is going to be a, a freshman coming in that I think will probably be a year or two project that's going to uh, be that defensive end rusher coming out of Kansas City that I think is going to be really special for us in the long run. But so far this spring, if you're looking for newcomers, Dominic Orange is, I mean, pops off the chart. Number 95, you'll see him this fall when he comes out. And he was a big time late pickup, by the way, in the recruiting process. And when they signed him, you know, you did a little research on him, but when you see him in practice, this kid was a big time signee for Iowa State football. He, that defensive line uh, room with him added to it really, really uh, went up, you know, what's coming in and what the potential is for talent in that room right now. So be excited about that kid. That's, he's the next guy that will be coming down the pipeline for us as a dominant defensive tackle for Iowa State defense. I think a couple other guys you have to throw in there too. A couple other guys who redshirted a year ago, Tyler on, on Yetum at uh, one of the end spots, or he can play. I can play pretty much anywhere on the line. He's got good size. He's got great athleticism. And Jaden Gray, a guy more of a defensive end. A couple of guys that redshirted last year that in a lot of years would have probably been starters from day one. They have that kind of talent, and you know, been around a long time. I don't know that the guys are top of the best guys that we've ever had at Iowa State, but I think they could be. And more than that, there are more of them to choose from. There's more depth, I think, you know, and the flexibility of a guy like Singleton who can play multiple positions on the line uh, gives you, I think, hey, if I could have another any, I'd sure do it. I think Singleton may be as close as we're going to get to that guy this year. It is. And the other thing you just said, it, Eric, that is a deep room right now. They, anything I've seen the spring ball, they're still running the three-man the, the three front. But with that much depth and that many defensive tackles, I can see them sliding into a four-man front throughout the season into different situational packages where you do see four guys, uh, defensive linemen on the field because you have that much talent in that room. And Coach Campbell and staff have always done what they could to get the best players on the field for the right situation at the right time. I think we will see a four-man front throughout the season just because knowing, looking at this defense, you know, th th those four – probably are our best 11 on defense. And I, I can see them finding a way to get to a four-man front here and there, which can wreak havoc on an offensive line when you're trying to game plan because that three-man front versus a four-man front is a completely different blocking scheme. It's, it's, it's really advantageous for us. You know, and John, you started out by saying everybody wants to talk about Will McDonald. We haven't talked about him at all. How big is it that we have a guy that's a career sack leader? Is gonna, it could be the Big 12 career sack leader uh, come back. I mean, he, he is such uh, – how many guys defensively, if you're an offensive coach, do you have to game plan for? Will McDonald is that guy. He's a problem. And, and I think his ability to play – all three downs, I think, is is a real improvement. I think we're going to see more of that this year. But more than anything, man, if we can get him in a hint of a passing situation, uh, Will McDonald is, is, uh, smells blood, and he's going to go after it. And He's just such a terrific player, and what a great guy. We, the guys that came back, three guys who came back that we didn't know were going to, Will McDonald, Ryan Vance, and Anthony Johnson, just on the defensive side of the ball. That's three huge ones. Three three huge players, one at each level. No question about it. Yeah, super excited to have Will back. And another defensive end who we haven't mentioned, but we should maybe keep an eye on is MJ Anderson, who transfers into the program from Minnesota. So we'll see what he can do. He certainly has some 
gain experience at a high major level. And so there is a little bit of uh, uncertainty, a lot of guys uh, fighting for jobs, as we said, right at the top. But man, it's going to be fun to see who can emerge. And I think there's some good choices for those coaches. So all, all in all, guys, on the defensive side of the ball, Hark, you said it earlier, feeling pretty good, right? I feel great. I really do. And that, I mean, you got the right coaching, obviously, happening on that side, of the, well, throughout the program, but that defensive coaching staff has proven itself. But the talent that I've seen so far this spring, there's not going to be a drop-off on this defense coming in this next season. I'm extru- It probably it could be a better defense, actually, this fall than it was last fall. And, and that's saying a lot because I think that defense was good last year. But I'm the upside of this defense actually is probably a little higher this coming year than it was last year. So that this I'm extremely excited to watch these guys compete throughout the fall um, because they do have the ability to be probably the best defense we've had. I mean, that's a big statement, uh, to be honest. But I have to agree with you. I mean, I, I just think potentially. Once again, we're talking about potentially because we're counting on some guys who haven't done it at Iowa State before or at this level before. But we've seen them. And uh, – I think that they have the potential to be as good a unit as we've had. And we should keep in mind, too, that it'll probably be a week in, a work in progress. Uh, it might look a lot better in week three, week four, than it does in week one. But I think it'll all sort itself out. I think, Hark, you touched on something super important, and that's the continuity of the coaching staff. I mean, Eli Rashid is so good, and Tyson Vite, all these guys on the defensive side of the ball are back. And they're really well thought of. And I I think that adds a lot to your confidence level that they'll figure this out and sort it all out. Yeah, I agree. And in that backfield, like I said, I've I've never seen an Iowa State defensive backfield ever look like what it looks like right now. And that's where it's, yeah, we've had some good front sevens, good linebackers, good defensive linemen. And we've had good, you know, it's not like we've had bad uh, defensive backs. We've had good defensive backs. We put them on a lot of a lot of pressure on them. I have never seen him physically look like this ever before. And I think that's like the next step in the program is when we have six, three cornerbacks, you know, on our, on our team and six, three safeties, they're all over 215, 20 pounds. That is a physical defense that we've never had before ever seen at Iowa state. Cyclone fans. I've been telling you about authentic brands, superb cyclone gear, but did you know that authentic brand by TCB companies is an official outfitter of well-known companies and organizations, including the iHeartRadio Group and Learfield. The style and comfort and great looks of authentic brand gear will give your professional image a boost. Outfit your personal and professional life in authentic brand gear. Let's move on to the offensive side of the ball, guys. And uh, that always starts with the quarterback position. And it's just kind of strange to not see Brock Purdy out there taking snaps. It was great to see him at Pro Day, and he looked fantastic. But, man, it's, it's, it's weird not seeing him out there being the guy. We were so used to that. Nobody can say that we're not going to miss Brock Purdy because we are. I mean, so many things he brought, every, just about every quarterback passing record in Iowa State history. It, certainly all the main ones. Terrific player, terrific leader. You know, but – at the same time, I know the coaches have tremendous confidence in Hunter Deckers and the other, some of the other guys in that quarterback room as well, but especially Hunter. He's a guy that they feel is a different kind of quarterback uh, where Brock was so accurate on, on everything, you know, 20 yards and in, and, and sometimes certainly beyond that as well. Hunter has, has a much uh, more lively arm, the ability to throw deep, and, and the fact I think there's going to be a couple of uh, – 
couple weapons on the outside with the ability to get separation deep and catch the ball, uh, that it's going to add a different dimension to Iowa State's offense. But not only that, but his ability to run. I mean, you know, we've run the zone read the last couple of years, and the main thing was Brock don't get hurt, which means Brock don't keep the ball. Uh, so it's not really – it's kind of like that fake zone read. You know, it's not really a zone read because he's going to hand it every time. And granted, when you had Brees Hall, that was usually a pretty good play anyway. But but now uh, Hunter has the ability, the strength, uh, and the size to be a super threat in the run game too. And I think that's going to be a bit of a re-evolution, uh, if you will, uh, for the offense. It will. You saw the ball when you're at practice, that ball – hops off his hand and and a lot he's actually going to be a surprise a little bit to a lot of teams in the big 12 because they have not seen him before and he didn't get a ton of time in, in a lot of games because brock is the guy and has been the guy and he deserved to be you know he brought our program a long way but what hunter's going to give this offense is another 20 yards of of offense down the field like his arm strength is really outstanding and it, it, it's it's very noticeable when you watch him throw the ball like it's going to be hard to say that there's a, a stronger arm uh, than Hunter Decker's out there it's just it's God-given and it, it's pretty impressive but Eric we were standing next to each other what was nice to see yesterday you know this week or during spring ball was when Xavier Hutchinson comes up and makes the plays already like he was last year and, and mm. the, the the camaraderie already between Hunter and Xavier was very noticeable in practice, the comfort with those two working together. And that's what was very promising that we've seen so far this spring is those two working together so well already. Let's take a look at that receiver core because uh, you, you touched on Xavier Hutchinson. And just as you talked to Eric about Will McDonald's return and what a big deal that was on the defensive side of the ball, every bit the equal to have Xavier Hutchinson back on the offensive side of the ball. I think it takes some pressure off Jalen Knoll, who I think will have a very good year. And then folks might not be as familiar with Dimitri Stanley, but he's a transfer coming in from Colorado that I think will help. Sean Shaw, Darren Wilson returned. So there's all of a sudden a little bit more depth than maybe we thought we'd have at the receiver position. Well, having X back is enormous. Once again, two-time first-team All-Big 12, leading receiver in the league. I mean, he he's terrific. He's a great locker room guy, too. I mean, he's a tr tremendous, tremendous person. I think we're going to see his ability that he hasn't really shown that much to go deep as well. He's been really good on, on just about everything he's done. But I think that deep ball is something that I think he has the speed that he hasn't really – uh, shown all the time to be able to get deep and have the quarterback to get him the ball. I think that could be a, a nice element. But Jalen Knoll, he's so steady, so good at that slot spot, can make some tough catches, and he can do something with the ball after he catches it. So I really like him. You mentioned Dimitri Stanley. There's another guy that one of the reasons they wanted him was Colorado's leading receiver a couple of years ago in that shortened season. Uh, but tremendous speed. He ran on them. On Colorado's four by one hundred uh, track team, set the school record. So I mean, this kid can fly. <laughs> he can fly and catch the ball. So a great addition right there. But you and you mentioned Sean Shaw. If Sean can stay healthy, I look for him to have a really solid campaign as well. Uh, Darren Wilson, another guy with good speed, and Greg Gaines. Uh, freshman from Florida. He's got the size. He looks the part. Uh, he's learning right now, but he's here for spring. And I think he's going to learn a ton this spring about what he has to do to get ready to play at the Big 12 level. But I think he's definitely going to be a, a top-tier Big 12 receiver in the long run. 
I agree with you. He's, he, he stands out at practice right now. Greg Gaines does that new, that new freshman and, and number zero. And I don't know where he's at right away, right? You're, you're learning to play at this level. So I, you can't say week one, he's going to be, you know, popping off the stat sheets. What you will see is him run out of the tunnel and say, that's our next receiver. And you're going to feel really good about it because he is athletic. He's big and uh, he, he is a presence on a football field. But I think the key to this year is finding that third receiver. And maybe even the fourth one, but Sean Shaw and Darren Wilson, I think, are the key to this this year with the passing game because it will take the pressure off of Jalen Knoll. If we can get Jalen Knoll doing some of the things he was doing in that Clemson game with the underneath pattern and routes, and then you you send Xavier down the field, if they're only worried about two two receivers, it's much easier to to put a, a double high safety over the top of them. So it's almost like double coverage on these two guys all the time. If you put pressure on that defense with two more receivers like a Sean Shaw or Darren Wilson that opens up the field for everybody and I think that if those two guys can develop throughout this offseason and become a factor in the games in the fall this offense really expands you know its ability just by get, uh, gaining one to two more receivers that are there that are a threat down the field for us yeah and the other part of that equation is the tight ends they might not be quite as actively involved certainly when you lose an all-american and charlie kohler and a four-time all big 12 player in chase allen those are huge huge uh shoes to fill but i think the coaches do feel good about that tight ends room and you do have an all big 12 player returning there and jared russ so let's let's transition into the tight ends a little bit guys and and maybe the the role that they play within the offense. And Jaron had a super year last year. I mean, he lined up in the backfield, was a great blocker, and I, I, to me, a surprisingly good blocker. And I think he was as good as we've had at that position in a long time. I think you're going to see more of him catching the football this year. He's going to be more uh, lined up as a, as a true tight end a little bit more. Uh, he's showing the ability to catch the football. So uh, I think that's good. I, I think Tyler Moore is another guy, a redshirt freshman from Johnston, that's got a chance to really step in and do something. And then Deshaun John Hanneke, another guy who could certainly make some plays as well, uh, Easton Dean. But to say they're going to fill Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen's shoes, that's unrealistic. And I think the game plan is going to be reflective of that. They're going to be a, certainly a, a big part of the offense, but maybe not to the extent they've been in the past. And that's why, as we were talking just a moment ago, Hark was talking about uh, need that third wide receiver. The development of that third and fourth wide receivers are going to be huge if you're going to emphasize uh, the wideouts more in the passing game compared to the tight ends. I agree right there. You're right. We will not see as much double tight as we've seen in the last two to three years. We just don't have two All-Americans sitting around in, in the locker room right now. We have really good tight ends in the in there. But, you know, there's Charlie Kohler's don't grow on trees or Chase Allen's. And, and those guys were very valuable to us in that offense. But... Again, Jared Russ, I think, will be very physical. He'll be a really good player for us. But you're going to see a lot more single tight and a lot more open offense, I believe, in the future just because of what your roster looks like, you know, at, at this point. So we'll see where the tight ends come along or how they use them. I would just anticipate, knowing what the roster looks like, we're probably going to see more of the spread offense, you know, that we, we saw early years of Coach Campbell when he was here versus the two tight end set, what we were able to do over the last two to three once we had those uh, Charlie and Chase on the field for us. So, again, they've done a nice job knowing what their talent is, putting them in situations to have success and whatever the players and whatever the skill set is on the team versus, hey, we run this formation no matter what. 
they, they're more flexible as a coaching staff that I think is very good for us. It plays well because they want to get talent. And if that talent's a great wide receiver, but maybe not a great tight end at this time, great. We'll, we'll, we'll build around that. And I think that's where the, the strength of the staff is, is understanding their talent and how to use them in the game. Yeah, that's just great coaching. And I'm so confident in our coaches. <laughs> that I think yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen. I do too. And I think that when you think back to Matt's early years, as you mentioned, Hark, and the role that Deshante Jones played, and I think even back to his Toledo teams when Eric Page had 125 catches one year playing in that M position, I think Jalen Knoll could be a guy that, you know, ends up being a 70-catch type of guy uh, over the course of the season because I think if they are emphasizing the wide receivers more in the passing game, he's kind of that safe route underneath, crossing patterns that – I think he can really get some separation. I, I'm super excited to see what Jalen Knoll can do. I am too. And if you put like Sean Shaw on the outside, and Sean has the body of Alan Lazard. Like so, so if you, the fan, if you're not on the field, Sean Shaw is a big human being. You know, he looks more like a tight end actually. If we can keep him healthy on the outside, and they have to respect that. That is completely going to open up the middle of the field for a Jalen Knoll to go underneath, similar to what you saw in the Clemson game at times, where Jalen can use that speed and do the underneath patterns and, and some similar things. That it, it makes it a really tough matchup on their linebackers because that's who's trying to cover him when he's running across the middle of the field. So, again, if Sean Shaw can become that third guy, it really opens the field for us offensively. On Football Saturdays, our John Deere run of the game is brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Nothing runs like a deer, especially when supported by the team at Van Wall Equipment, the Cyclones' John Deere dealer of choice. Guys, let's jump ahead to the offensive line, and what do you see there? It looks like an offensive line. (laughs) It really does. I mean, the three inside guys, Trevor Downing is moving to center, and I I know they're confident he can be one of the best centers in the country. They feel feel great about him. And then you got a three, what, two- or three-year starter in Simmons, I mean, another really solid guy uh, moving Hufford back inside to his guard spot. That's his natural position. And I think he had a really good year last year playing a little bit out of position to tackle. Now he's back where he should be. And you take two guys. We didn't really have the tackles last year. Remsburg and Hurt never really didn't quite recover from the surgery at the end of, the, of his freshman season. Uh, but he's back and he looks the part at one tackle. And Tyler Miller is an enormous man who played really well at the end of the year last year. I really like he's 6'9", 330 pounds, uh, and he looks kind of lean yet, but he's huge, and he's a natural tackle. So we have we have two tackles actually playing tackle. Uh, they looked apart, and the guy that caught my eye just looking at him and then and talking to Coach Campbell afterward, he kind of affirmed it too. James Neal, the junior college player, uh, he has three years remaining. He actually uh, will have four years to play three, uh, but, man, he looks the part at that tackle spot to give him that third tackle. And I think he's got a chance to be really something special. I agree. We saw that yesterday, or this week in, in practice, and I thought that was he, – he is going to be special, that transfer. He looks good. He, he, he is a good football player. But, Eric, you're spot on. We, have, we don't have four guards on the field anymore, you know, and I think that you don't really recognize it. You know, you, you, you kind of recognize it when you see it, but it really stands out when you see two tackles on the field. Like, okay, that's what it's supposed to look like. So having Remsburg back and Tyler Miller out there, who I thought in the, in the Clemson game did a nice job. He, he struggled the first series of the game. The speed of the game got up on him a little bit right away when he came in in the Clemson game where the, 
they were a little twitchier than he had been used to. But by the time he settled into that football game, I thought he played a decent football game against some really good talent there. So having him at the left tackle and Remsburg at the right, it looks like what it needs to look like. Not four guards, but two tackles, two guards in the center. And it's been a long time since we've seen that here at Iowa State. I think it, that offensive line room looks pretty good too right now. Well, that's exciting. And, of course, the guy they're going to be blocking for at running back is to be announced. And we know who it was, certainly with Brees Hall. There was no question about that. But Jirel Brock, the leader in the clubhouse probably. But some real talent in that running back's room, including a young guy that's uh, come in here in the spring and opened some eyes as well. That's Cortavius Norton, and that is number five. And looking at this recruiting class, and look, there's a lot of good kids coming in in this recruiting class that are that are big time. It's, in my opinion, it's it's our best recruiting class that we've ever had. I think it is highest the highest ranked class that Iowa State's ever had. But this is the the kid in that class that really stands out, and he is going to be an outstanding running back. And he's already, you know, messing around with the top three running backs in spring ball. So he can catch the ball out of the backfield. He has some of the similar power things that you would see like out of a David Montgomery, but really shifty and fast and quick, you know, and some of the, the things Brees would do too. So he's not, he doesn't have the, the he's not as tall as Brees. He's a little taller than, than David was, he, but he has a lot of the power, but his overall speed is more similar to Brees than it would be David Montgomery. So there's a lot of potential there, but at this moment, like you said, Jarrell, he, he, he deserves this opportunity. You know, he's a four-star recruit out of high school, a great football player, and he's going to get a shot. Eli Sanders out of Phoenix, you know, you're going to see him play a lot. And he, that kid probably is the fastest kid in the, in the, in the running back room, and uh, he will get a, he'll get a plenty of shot. He, he did redshirt last year, and he, it was either between him and Deion Silas if they were going to play in that bowl game. And Dion ended up playing in that game and losing his redshirt year. But those are two good, young, talented running backs. So there's there's really four guys right now. And I will tell you, that's probably the room that's probably the most wide open competitively, like playing time, snaps. I think that'll be like ongoing competition throughout the year. And I won't be surprised to see three running backs almost in every game in the fall when it gets here because that's that's how much talent's really in that room. And it's really equal across the board right now. I totally agree, though, about Jirel being the guy gets the first crack. Now, doesn't mean you're going to keep the job, uh, but he's the guy that's paid his dues. He's done a lot. He's done a lot of the dirty work, you know, being that third down bass blocker, you know, coming in for briefs on occasion, uh, and certainly got opportunities to run the ball as well, and certainly did fine. But I'm with you. Uh, I look at these young guys, and you think, okay, there's some real future there. Different styles. You, know, you have Silas, who's you know, 5'8", 185 pounds. He's got some power, you know, but he's super, super quick. It can make people miss. Sanders, as you mentioned, super fast. And then Cartevius Norton, you mentioned some of the power that he's shown. I mean, he, he gives them some size at that running back position as well uh, as Jirel. You know, he, he's 5'11", 210 pounds as a true freshman right now. But he runs with power, and he looks—he he really looks the part. He looks—he uh, looks calm when he's out there, and still explosive and powerful. So, I, I like what I've seen from him. It's going to be great competition. We're going to see—I uh, don't know if there's going to be a bell cow this year in that running back room. It's possible, but I see uh, these guys contributing uh, at various uh, different levels over the course of the season. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, you're right. I think you'll see two maybe three running backs on the field at one time too. We talk about the talent. The talent's there. So if those two or three guys are the most talented 11 people on the team, there'll be times 
you might see a Deion Silas line up in the slot, you know, and, and some of the exciting things he can do. You just think Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs. Tyreek Hill is a very small individual, but boy, you cannot touch him or get your hands on him because of his speed, and it's just dangerous. And Dion has a lot of those similar traits to him, this twitchiness and his speed and, and things he can do and catch the ball. So I would not be surprised to see a couple running backs on the field um, at the same time throughout the fall just because of the skill sets they all have right now. And if you stand next to Jirel Brock, man, he looks the part too. Uh, oh, boy. I, I think all four of these guys are going to contribute. I, I think all four of them are going to play. I think all four of them are going to contribute. And if you add all their numbers up and it ends up being one Brees Hall, then great. <laughs> we'll we'll take yeah, it. But, uh, no doubt. Uh, but, guys, just to kind of summarize the offense before we uh, call it a day here, obviously a lot of moving parts. I, I think that if you are going to start a young quarterback, it's really great to have a veteran offensive line in front of them. You guys have kind of described that. I I feel good about that part of it. And then some really talented receivers uh, and what could be a very solid running game. So I think the pieces around Hunter Deckers can help him relax a little bit and realize I don't have to make every play. I just have to do my job. I think that's a mindset he has to have, you know, and he's obviously going to be a guy that can make plays with his arm and with his legs. But I think the number one thing about this offense, one thing we have to keep in mind, we are replacing Three guys who are the best to ever play at Iowa State at their position and all like I mean, hey, you can maybe split hairs if you want, but between Brees, you know, Charlie and Brock, that's three guys that's really hard to replace. I think the talent is there, but I think the offense is more likely to be a work in progress than the defense. I I I think the defense has more key guys back and certainly some key guys back on offense, but I think that's the one thing. I'm really excited to watch that offense's progression because I think there's a lot of talent there, but I think we had, don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves there. I completely agree, Eric. That's the one. The good news is that defense is going to keep us in a lot of games. They're, they're ahead of this offense for sure right now just because of the continuity and the, and the, and the time played uh, by these guys, and, and it has just more returning minutes coming back. And this offense, as a fan, you, you probably won't even recognize it day one You know when you walk in the stadium in the fall because – it won't look the same. It's just not going to. The, the, the personnel is different. And this coaching staff, like we've talked about a lot, is they just adjust really well to what their personnel is and what the situations are. And I think that that's where you'll see this fall change, where our, our, our offense will look different than, than you've seen. It's still going to be fundamentally the same. You know, you're going to see a lot of read option, you know, out of the backfield because you got a running back or a quarterback that can run and throw the ball, but you're not going to see the twin tight end sets like you've seen in the past as much. You're not going to see, you know, a lot of underneath throws to Charlie Kohler. You're going to see a more open offense, you know, very similar to his early years here, I believe, where we had more speed and wide receiver talent and, and open up the field a little more versus trying to play it in a smaller box. And I think that's where we'll, uh, we'll it'll be a work in progress, uh, but there is a lot of talent there. It's just they're going to have to work their way through this early in the fall. It's an open practice tonight at Ames High School. I believe that starts at 5, and folks should know if they are going to try to get out there to watch that, that uh, parking is going to be very limited because the Ames High School itself is under construction. So be prepared to maybe park a couple blocks away and walk over there, but I think you're going to enjoy what you see. And then they're going to do the same thing at Gilbert High School next Friday, and then uh, two weeks from today they will be out at Des Moines East to wrap up spring practice. So, uh, guys, it's exciting to talk football. It's it's good to hear your voices talking about that topic again. And, uh, man, I'm so excited about the season. I just would say to fans, 
Get your tickets now. Thank us later. Uh, it's going to look a little different. It's not going to be exactly the same. But I think a lot like this men's basketball team was this past year, this is a group of guys that's going to be very easy to cheer for. They're going to be a, a group of guys that fans will love. They're going to play the game the right way. And so get your tickets. You, you, you can thank us later. Absolutely. A lot of fun, a lot of excitement. Uh, again, we talked about that early in this podcast here, just talking about the start. Of, what's the difference in practice? The energy level is through the roof because there's so much competition going on right now. And that's that's a very good sign of a healthy program. So uh, looking forward to it with you guys this fall. And it is good to hear both of you and get a chance to talk to you again after this long basketball season. But what a fun year for you guys. Yeah, it was fun. And yeah, I was so excited to be out well, you know, watching practice the other day with you guys. It was just uh, Man, I know there's golf season ahead. I really look forward to, but boy, it gets you in that football mindset. And man, I love it. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. And uh, go Cyclones. Today's Sidecast was brought to you by Van Wall Equipment. Stop by one of their locations and learn how to farm better, work smarter, and play harder when you run with Van Wall and John Deere. Thanks for listening.